Welcome to Podcasting Smarter, the podcast for podcasters by podcasters. Podcasting Smarter is the official podcast from Podbean, featuring podcasting interviews, best practices, and helpful tips. We're here to give you the tools, resources, product updates, and news to help you get started podcasting and keep your podcast growing. Hello and welcome to Podcast Smarter. This is Norma Jean Belenke, Podbean's Head of Events. And today's episode is a conversation with Adam Adams, where we'll get into how to create a podcasting business, how he's created a podcast and sold it, best practices, growth, audience tips, and so much more. Stay tuned. And here we go. Hey, Adam, how's it going? It's fantastic. How are you? Good, good. We are so excited to have you here today. You are the founder of Grow Your Show and the creator of the podcast on podcasting. So let's jump in and and get into it. Tell us about your journey into podcasting. My podcast journey started in 2016 when I started recording a podcast for a real estate um, podcast that I started. There was actually three um, different partners in our company, and then we just decided, I don't know why, that all three of us, I, maybe because we didn't want somebody to feel left out or something like that, we just decided all three of us needed to be uh, hosts on the podcast. And over time, the other two fell off and it became just my podcast. And in about 2019, so fast forward a few years, in 2019, I felt like there was a real estate crash coming, which might not even happen, who knows. But just back then, I was like, there's got to be a real estate crash. It's gone up so long. So I decided to start um, a company helping podcasters. And during that time, I I focused less on buying real estate investments. So what I ended up doing during the pandemic, I was like, this is it. This is what's making the the pandemic is going to ruin uh, real estate. It didn't quite happen. Things have gone up. But that's okay. We still decided to sell the podcast. So I was the only host sold that podcast to a friend of mine who was more likely to use it for a long time. And I started a different podcast called The Podcast on Podcasting. First off, I want to just rewind a little bit um, because there are some great real estate podcasts out there. And so I want to hear from you personally, how did podcasting help your real estate business? Definitely helped in in many, many ways. I ended up doing a little bit of coaching and mentoring And from that podcast, uh, more than $1.5 million came into gross revenue because of the podcast. So it helped a lot because that's $1.5 million in gross revenue, but we were raising equity. And so we raised millions of dollars, millions of dollars to be able to close on lots of different properties. Uh, And it was very easy because we had that exposure, right? Because we had those connections that we were meeting on the podcast because the the podcast grew my brand and my name and our company's brand. And I used to speak on stages for a lot of different people. It I would not have happened if I wasn't also an influencer. It's still hard to say that I'm an influencer, right? But the point is that I had a podcast. I had a, a place of influence. And we put out lots and lots of content. And because of that, we were able to raise millions and millions of dollars to be able to close on lots of properties and... Uh, the company made quite a bit of money, and some of it was just coaching. One of the years, I I'm, I got twelve or so clients at um, forty three thousand dollars, forty two nine ninety seven, of course, and um, 
And that just, that's so beneficial. I think there's um, so many different benefits to having a podcast. And I don't think everybody's going to follow my exact path, but you could do this or that or that. And either way, it's going to help your business and honestly just help you as a person. Yeah, absolutely. And and I want to talk about giving your audience that value in a second because I know that that is a big that's a big value for you. <laughs> but first, uh, I want to I want to talk a little bit about selling that podcast because I think that's so unique. And what was that process like? You said you know you sold it to a buddy, he just took it over. From everybody out there listening who maybe one day is thinking, oh, maybe I could sell my podcast, or what does that look like? What does that look like? I mean, are you? Are you selling the entire back catalog? Are you selling the brand of the podcast? You know, are you guaranteeing results? Are you bringing in advertisers that are, you know, going to carry over into the new ownership? What does that, what did that process look like for you? That's a ton of questions and I'll try to answer them all. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> so first and foremost, um, I wasn't, I didn't really know that I wanted to sell it. I was just at a mastermind group. And by the way, I, anyone listening, if you find a way to be able to afford to pay for the mastermind. It's more of an investment because you really will grow your business. You'll, you'll learn a lot. It's whatever it costs to be part of a mastermind. I think this one it ha- is like 30,000, but um, whatever it costs to be a part of a mastermind, 1,000, 100,000, whatever, I really think it's beneficial. And I was sitting, uh, I was standing in front of everybody at this mastermind and just letting them know, I feel like there's going to be a crash. I don't want to pour into my real estate business right now. I want to try helping other podcasters. And what do I do? And people were like, how many listeners do you have? And at the time I had 3,500 downloads per episode. And so they were like, how many listeners? And I said, 3,500. And they're like, what? Uh, Most of the people in the mastermind, they host conferences or they host events or they speak at other people's events. And it's really hard to get even a hundred people in a room. And now they're thinking, man, I can, I can talk to 3,500 people three days a week. That's amazing. They've really felt like they could monetize it. So they decided to tell me, Hey, I'll buy that thing for 50 grand. And someone goes, I'll buy it for 54,000. The third guy goes, I'll buy it for 60 grand. Um, and I thought that was kind of cool. And I didn't know if I wanted any of them to take it over because I think that our podcast kind of has a personality and our self as the host obviously has a personality. And I wanted whoever, whomever took it over to kind of resonate with me. So I told this other friend that wasn't in that mastermind. He was in a different mastermind that I ran. Uh, This one was one that I paid for. And the other one was one that I ran. I just reached out to the guy. I said, you seem like you'd be perfect for this. This is what I want to sell it for do you want to take it? And then this comes to answer the rest of your questions. It was the questions about like logistics really. Um, And so this is how we figured it out. I got an attorney to draft a contract. So that costs a little bit of money. I think it costs like a thousand bucks is like four hours or something. Point being that I got an attorney to draft a contract and in the contract, it shared what went with the podcast and what didn't. And it shared what was supposed to happen through a transition period, which we came up with and thought was a really good idea. And it ended up really working because it started at 3,500 downloads. But by the end of the transition period, which was six months, we were having 6,500 downloads per episode. So it actually grew over that time. I was a little sad to let it go once it was that big. But um, 
still, we got an attorney to draft some of these things. And what we worked on is the I had purchased a few URLs for the website to be able to get to. Uh, some for lead magnets and just different variations of the name of the podcast. For So, for example, it was called Creative Real Estate. And so I had one that was crrealestatepodcast.com and all these other variations. So yeah. he was he, he took over that stuff. Um, what we did with the podcast artwork is we took, we switched the artwork for the exact same look, but instead of just having my face and my name, it had both of our faces and both of our names. And another thing that we did, this won't happen for everybody, I believe in, recording more episodes than you produce. Right now, I have four months of content ready to go. But at the time, I, I had more like a year. So I had 100 extra episodes, no exaggeration, 100 extra episodes that I had pre-recorded that were ready to go and that I could put out, you know, uh, twice a week for a whole year for him so that, the, so that he would never not be able to uh, have content to produce. Yeah. And so we switched the intro. I used the same voiceover artist whom I, who I had used before. And what she did is, uh, switched it from, and here's your host, Adam Adams and brought to you by adamswebsite.com to here are your hosts, Adam and Jason, and here's jasonswebsite.com. And, uh, so that was another part of it. It, we also recorded him as a guest. I interviewed him and I basically just told people how cool he was and how you know, talked about what his real estate journey was. That all helped. Then the next thing that I did is we, we co-hosted uh, a couple of times. I said, hey, go back to, I don't know, I'm just going to pretend like it's episode 450. Go back to episode 450 where I interviewed Jason. I'm actually decided to bring on an, a co-host for the podcast, and I want it to be Jason. Get to know his story better by doing this. Uh, he and I are going to be running this ep this interview today. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So over that six months, you really introduced him. And if what what did you retain in terms of assets from the podcast after you had sold it? The only thing that I retained was my email list. Um, he didn't mm -hmm. get access to any emails, but most of the people that came onto the email list may have come through a, an event that we hosted or may have come through a lead magnet because the mm -hmm. podcast. We went ahead and kept that and didn't didn't sell that. And part of that reason why is because I, I said that I would... I, I tell my audience that I will never sell their information. And in full integrity, I was uh, unable to <laughs> sell their information to him or, or let it be part of the free stuff and I was somehow making money. So I just kept them. They all know me. And uh, everything else was really his. I kept my own microphone. He bought his, you know, he bought his equipment. And uh, I kept my equipment. Oh, fantastic. And just to give everybody out there a little bit of context, what kind of email list, like what size are we talking about that you were able to create with your podcast? Um, the whole email list was only about 6,000 people, a little over. And from the podcast specifically, this is really hard. I would, I'm going to only have to guess it was somewhere in the realm of like 1500, 
Uh, we hosted a lot of events and webinars also. And mm-hmm. I think that's where a, a lot of the rest came from. Uh, but probably about guessing 1,500 uh, came through the podcast. And I, I definitely can attribute a lot of income simply because of the podcast and investors, people that worked with us. Um, but probably only about 1,500 emails. Maybe that's a good thing to say so that people don't feel overwhelmed, like they have to get millions uh, in order to get millions of people on their list in order to make millions of dollars. We got a thousand or so and we made millions of dollars. Absolutely. And that's, that's so important to remember, you know, here at Podbean, we talk about that, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day and also you don't know the impact, you know, like if we're talking about booking guests, right? Maybe book a guest within an industry that isn't that high profile, but their friends are. And so it's something where, you know, you never know what that impact is going to be. Um, and the fact that you also, you know, stayed within that integrity of, you know, keeping your listeners information specifically, you know, sending them what you said you would, that's also a really important aspect of that. And so that's such a great story. I think it really lends to what's possible. And also I think, you know, for everybody out there listening in terms of having those emails from your listeners, you know, we've got a link in the show notes where you can join our newsletter, that kind of thing. It really enables people to follow, buy merch, you know, get special updates, uh, things like that. And then also, you know, when you're starting to monetize, you can offer that newsletter as an additional asset to your advertisers as well. So I want to pivot a little bit um, and I want to talk about the podcast on podcasting. So after you sold that real estate show, which is fantastic and you had a big career in real estate, you moved into podcasting full time and you have almost 250 episodes in as we record this. So before we jump in about, you know, the technicalities of podcasting and audience value and all that good stuff, what have been your favorite and notable episodes? (laughs) Well, I... That's a really good question. I'm glad you I know, asked. I know. Um, I'm asking I've never you to pick favorites. <laughs> I've never thought through this. Um, I will say, you know, having JLD on the podcast was really cool um, because he ended up having me on his podcast. It actually airs next week, so it's it hasn't published yet. But as we record it, it's about to air. And I think that that is a notable one, not specific to the content, but because of the relationships and what they can do for you. For example, I get this one person on because I'm, I'm sponsoring um, one of the podcast uh, uh, events out there. And JLD was one of the speakers. And I just, I got a selfie with him. And then I asked him if he wanted to come on my show, told him what it was about. And then he interviewed, he brought me on his show. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think that that would have ever happened if, you know, anyway, the point is that was one of my favorite episodes because of what it, what is able to come out of it. Um, yeah. I, I fully expect because he has way more listeners than me, to be honest, way more. Just to clarify, JLD is, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, but it's John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneurs on Fire. Yes. Yes. EOS on uh, Entrepreneurs on Fire. And uh, he's just a really cool person and just... I really yeah. like him, but it's just a huge benefit to be able to get in front of his audience because I think he has something like a million downloads per month or something like that. It, way more than me, and uh, I'm stoked for the exposure. Um, the other episodes that I would probably mention are, quote, my favorite. I need to say just my first six episodes, and it. I say that because of the way I use the first six episodes, and I think it's a good teaching moment for anybody who has a podcast. 
Whereas you should call back and call forward to episodes. For example, you should say, hey, next episode's going to be about XYZ. You know, episode 500 is going to be about this other thing. Why, uh, stay, stay tuned for it. And you should also call back to episodes. And I've called back to episodes one through six on dozens and dozens and dozens of episodes. Whereas I continue to let people know that those first six is a free course for podcasting. And I love that because my exact avatar, who I want to work with in my company, Grow Your Show, is you know a podcaster who wants to learn how to have a great podcast. And so I constantly let them know, hey, I don't need your email address. You don't need to go off of this platform and go and find my website and maybe get pixel dated and chased around Google. All you got to do is just go to the first six episodes. It's super easy and obvious. So go to one through six, check it out. And that is your, your course on having a top podcast. I just want to jump in there because there's a couple of really valuable things you said there. Number one was pointing to other episodes. And you even had mentioned that's also when you're talking about the real estate podcast and handing it off to the new host, right? You interviewed him and then you point back to that episode. Hey, I'm bringing in a new host. Yep. It's this guy, which is great. Um, and I think also it it helps people, number one, become familiar with your show and maybe points them in the direction of episodes that they'd like. But number two, it also increases the downloads on your back catalog. Yeah, yeah, because you get <laughs> Which <double>. is brilliant. <laughs> yep, yeah, because you get more downloads. And, you know, like we, we say here at Podbean, because we have dynamic ad insertion built into the platform, your back catalog is evergreen. You can resell new ads on that catalog all the time. So number one, brilliant. And number two, you've, you've talked about this quite a bit about creating that value for your audience. So having those first six episodes, having those first six episodes really serve as a podcasting course, specifically in your instance, but to provide that value just right off the bat. We're glad you're here. This is what we're doing. This is how I did it. Join the party. And it really gives that inclusive message in terms of people wanting to join your podcast community. So brilliant. Good stuff. I'm glad you picked that up. Absolutely. So not to, not to jump in there, but I do, I do want to kind of pivot a little bit and talk about how podcasting really has become an avenue for businesses to grow. And with Grow Your Show, you become an example of how there's a need for businesses within the podcasting space to help to help businesses, you know, monetize from podcasting and also to help people podcast, to help people create a podcast show, share their message. Um, and in terms of podcast creation, I want to start on the business side first. What kind of businesses create or benefit from having a podcast? I think it's more than businesses that can benefit from a podcast, but businesses that do benefit seem to be people that can serve a wider geographical area. So, for example, on the opposite of your question, I usually, not all the time, but I usually let people know if they are looking to only serve one city, that putting their time and resources and effort into a podcast might be prohibitive. It might just be time prohibitive. There could be other things like webinars or uh, local events that they could do. But for most businesses, especially ones that uh, like attorneys, I've, I've helped a few attorneys start podcasts and they say they make like $23,000 a month more just in, uh, their attorney fees because they have a company where they charge like 15 grand for a, a document basically. Um, so anyway, they they talk about how they're making all this more money because of it. 
coaches and mentors seem to be perfect for a podcast because it, it helps your listener and your avatar get to know your personality and your teaching style and your communication style. And when they hear like several different episodes in a row, then they start to say, man, I just want to hire this girl. I just need to, I just need to work with this company. Uh, this guy just seems perfect for me. I, I'm going to give him a call, right? So I think if it's a, if it's mentorship, uh, consulting, uh, like uh, being an attorney or something, I think it's perfect. Maybe being a, a physician doesn't make so much sense unless you have a very small specialty uh, where, I don't know, you do the best nose jobs in the whole world and uh, you throw it out and you talk about these things and people are like, oh, you got to listen to this podcast and fly into this guy. But for, for people that are serving a local, local uh, geographical area, I think it's not usually as beneficial. You can find ways of letting it work. Um, and then another type of person that I think is really good because the, all of those examples are getting out in front of your avatar by putting out content that your avatar, your perfect client, if you will, are looking for, right? But on the other end, you could be very, you could have a very great business by actually interviewing your perfect avatar. It sounds kind of strange and some people don't think of it. They only think of the audience. And I let some people know, look, if, if you don't even have one listener, but you interview your perfect client five days a week, at five days a week, you're interviewing your perfect client, highlighting them, adding value to them, uh, getting a, uh, building a relationship of trust with them, then you will be able to automatically have clients when they find out what you do. Uh, for example, if you're a real estate person who wants to raise private equity to close on big uh, apartment buildings or something, you could just be interviewing only passive investors, only wealthy people that are trying to make their money work for them and utilize other people's time. And so you could you could have this engineer come on the podcast and you could talk about their journey. Why do they like to be passive? What are they looking for out of it? Now you're asking all these questions, you're getting to know them. And at the end you say, Hey, uh, I, there was a couple things that you said, and I think uh, maybe you and I could work together. So I just let you know, we have a couple of real estate deals coming up soon. And, um, if you're, if you're interested, if you, if you're liquid as much as you said you were, maybe that'll help you out to get your goals that you told me on the podcast and boom, you've just gotten a client. And that's happened to me a lot um, as well. Like with podcasting clients, I, I do half solo episodes and half interview episodes. And a lot of the people that I interview, they end up joining our program and our listeners end up joining. So I'm kind of trying to dip into both places. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love what you said in terms of having, you know, allowing those streams to come from all directions, <laughs> whether it's something where, you know, you, you have your dream, your dream client come on and you interview them and you ask those questions because 
you know, the people who are your dream client are going to say, oh, that's me. I resonate with that. Right. And then also your audience further is going to, is going to have more perspective as well. And that's, what's so great about podcasting. You know, the audience is the biggest aspect in terms of listenership and impact, but it's not the only one. So it's, it's so important to remember that as well. And at Grow Your Show, you help people like really, you know, build their podcasts up and, and create their podcasts. So I want to talk to you about what are some common questions and hurdles that podcasters have when they're just starting out. Tell us a little bit about what that starting process has been like for you. At Podbean, we have so many tips and tricks and we always love to, to hear from experts and professionals like yourself. So, Yeah, a, a very common question that I get all the time, or we can also call it a concern because people are feeling the pressure of this prior to starting a podcast. It's actually one of the things that kind of holds them back. And it's simply the fact that they don't know uh, what they're worth. They don't know if anybody's going to come on their show. It's To them, it's just an idea. They don't have a listener yet. And so they really freak out, like, how would I even get a good uh, podcast guest? Nobody's going to want, they assume nobody's going to want to come on my show because I don't have a listener, because I haven't interviewed anyone yet. And what they find, honestly, is that that part's way easier than they ever expected. I want to give a couple of quick resources to it. Um, you, I bet you, I'm having a, an assumption that you get along with Alex Sanfilippo as well. Uh, he's a buddy of mine. He's got this uh, company called Pod Match, And there's other types of uh, companies that, that put you in touch with potential guests or uh, if you want to be interviewed. Um, so I would just say, like, that's one really good resource. I think it's a couple bucks a month, but it, you can definitely be getting people on your podcast. But what people usually find is once they start, they're starting to almost get bombarded with uh, people asking, can I come on your show? Or can would this client of mine be a good fit for your show or whatever? It's actually easier than expected. Um, but if I, if you don't mind, can I share a, a strange trick that I tried before, like in the very, very beginning, but it ended up working? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. There was this guy, he was super famous in the real estate space. And I felt like I was basically nothing. I, I was like, I'm just starting. I don't own near as much of real estate as this person. He's been his brand has been growing around the country for years and years, and I'm just starting my podcast. And so what I thought I should do is so strange, but I went to his Facebook and on his Facebook uh, profile, I could see his friends. Some people hide them, but he didn't. And so what I did is I went and friended any of the friends that had between 10 and 20 friends in common with me. And were his friends. So I, I just friended only the 10 to 20s. There were some people that I had hundreds. I didn't, want, I didn't want to connect with them. And then some people that I only had one, and I didn't think that they would even accept it. But I started um, uh, friending all of them. And here's the weird thing that I did. I kept saying to everybody who accepted my friend request, I kept saying, who do you know? Because I already know that they know him. Who do you know? that would be a great guest on a real estate podcast. I just started my podcast. And everybody kept name dropping him, obviously. And so I finally went to him and I friended him, sent him a private message and said, 
all of these people, and I name dropped a few of them, keep saying that I need to interview you on my podcast. And they're all his friends. And so I felt like it was going to work because he would feel like, oh, well, these people that I'm close with uh, want me to be on his show. So I'm going to do it. And it worked. I got him on my show. And then I uh, actually spoke at his events and uh, was a member, was an honorary member of his mastermind. I didn't have to pay the 30 grand for his. Uh, I've been a member of a lot of different masterminds, but for his, I, I, I spent five grand instead of 30 grand and I saved a bunch of money. And it all happened because I friended a few of his friends and said, who should I, who do you know that I should interview on my, on my real estate podcast? And it, it worked. Wow. No, that's, that's such a great story. And I think it's something where, you know, sometimes if you feel like maybe a guest, you don't know them or you want to have an intro, it can be helpful to go through third-party people and just say, hey, you know, because they could have said, you know, the person who you ended up interviewing, they could have said somebody, you know, even bigger or that would have had a, an even bigger impact. So it's so important to make those connections. That's that's such a great story. Um, and I think in terms of launch, you're right. You know, a lot of podcasters think that getting guests can be the hard part, but there's other hurdles, right? And we'll, yeah. we'll get to those later. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about... Um, well, the, I think my next question for you is, what have you seen at launch and in the launch phase of a podcast that makes the difference in the long run of a show? Honestly, marketing seems to be one of the biggest. And there's a, a couple pieces to the marketing. For example, there's a pre-launch and so there's this guy named Jeff Walker. He wrote a book about like the launch method. I don't remember the name of it, but I did read it. Um, Jeff Walker talks all about pre-launch and the pre-pre-pre-launch and like all the stuff that you got to do before just to kind of drum up and stir up um, excitement around whatever you're launching. If it's your company, awesome. If it's your uh, podcast, awesome. Uh, if it's a book, great. And same thing if it's like a nonprofit. But that's what I learned from his stuff is that you want to start getting people excited. And um, there's a couple of ways to do that. You can use your email list if you've got one. You can use your social. You can use your phone and call people. You can private message people. A little hack that I love is on social media like um, Instagram and Facebook. And I, I think LinkedIn can do it as well. You can send like voice memos. And I think it's helpful to send voice memos because people really get to know your personality. They know for a fact you're not copying and pasting stuff as well, so it doesn't seem as like spammy. But you can just jump on, for, for, we'll just say Facebook, and reach out to people and let them know, hey man, I, I'm launching my podcast and I wanted to see if you could help me out. I've got two questions for you. Just reach out if you think you're open to it. If not, no big deal. Some, something short and sweet like that where it incites a little bit of curiosity. I've got some help. There's a couple things if you want to talk, right? Uh, this can just start to grow this. You can send it to your email list. You can make Facebook posts, uh, LinkedIn posts, etc. before you even launch. And that seems to really help. One person on my podcast who got a lot of traction, they built a team of 30. I don't know how they built a team of 30. It seems a little overwhelming, but they built a team of 30 in the very beginning who were basically advocates for the podcast, who would help for free to promote the podcast. She um, hosted an event at her house where they did like charcuterie, cheese and wine. And, um, and she like offered all this to them and asked them how to grow it. And they all helped and became uh, supporters of the podcast. And that, that seems to work. 
Um, with us and our, our podcast launch, one of the things that we do differently is we actually do paid ads. So we, we put out banner ads for clients. We do, um, we do, let's see, Facebook ads. We do a private message campaign, which is, would take forever to go into the details of it. But the point is somebody on my team gets hired and trained to private message individuals that are our podcast clients, perfect avatar, and they individually um, connect with them in a very real, uh, authentic way where it's slow. It's not asking for marriage on the first date. It's slow played. It's relaxed. It's comfortable. And in a month or two or three, then they're, they're talking about, hey, you should, you should listen to this podcast. So we do a, a number of different paid advertising. And we also coach our clients to do organic marketing. And if we have time, I just want to take two minutes to talk about like a uh, social media strategy. It's super, super helpful for anybody trying to launch. Um, so one of, the, one of the things that we have our people do when they're launching a podcast is to do two separate posts on their, on their social. One of the posts talks about the title of their podcast and the other post talks about the artwork for their podcast. So in each of these, we have a, a formula. It's basically called hook, story, offer. The, the formula is hook, story, offer. Hook is anything that stops people from scrolling, that gets their, their attention. It's a pattern interrupt. So you got to get a hook in the very beginning. And then the story, which is just basically telling them what you want to tell them. And then the offer is asking them to do a certain thing. So we do this on both things. One of them is the title. And here's the interesting thing. Please write it down. Even if you already know the name that you want your podcast to be, you would still do this. Same thing with if you've already picked and selected your podcast artwork, your logo, you would still do this. And what it is, is you get people's opinion. Human beings have a really hard time not offering their opinion. That's why podcasts work so well is because people like me can, can come up here and, and share my opinion because I get excited about it to help people, to pour into people. Anyway, you do this on social and you basically go hook story offer by saying, I finally did it. Now you've incited some curiosity. People are wondering what you did. So they're going to keep reading. I finally did it. I, I decided to launch my podcast. The problem that I'm having is I don't know what to call the podcast. My perfect avatar, the perfect person, the perfect listener for me is, and you explain that person. And then you say, and here's the three ideas or any number of ideas, two, three, four. Here's the three ideas that I came up with let me know in the comments what you think. The, the quote, let me know in the comments what you think, that's the offer. So you got the hook, you got the story telling them what you want them to know, and then you got the offer, which is let me know in the comments which one you think. And what ends up happening, it's quite incredible, is with, with social media, if somebody stops scrolling because of a hook, you trigger an algorithm on Facebook or LinkedIn or wherever you're posting. You trigger the first algorithm that says, okay, this person's getting people's attention. So we are split testing your post against somebody else's post. And this other person's post isn't stopping the scroll. So we're going to favor yours. And yours is going to get put in front of even more people. Additionally, when you have that offer, comment in, let me know in the comments. You're getting another algorithm to be triggered, which is, 
um, which is uh, engagement. So when you're engaging on social and you're getting people to actually comment, instead of just basically telling them a link and having them leave Facebook, Facebook's like, okay, this person's keeping them on, the, on our Facebook and uh, keeping, keeping the attention and keeping people to comment. And so what ends up happening is instead of like a few people, most of our posts only get a couple of likes or comments. Instead of that, now we're getting hundreds. And so every time a client has followed that formula that I just mentioned to you, every time a client has followed that, they get blown away because they usually get like 20 times the amount of uh, action on that post, likes and comments, than they ever have on any other post just because of that formula. And just real, real, real fast, they do the same thing with the artwork. So basically, you get four different artworks, even if you already know what artwork you want. You just get four different artworks, and you let people know, thank you so much for helping me uh, with the title of my podcast. I, I've, with your help, I've come up with an idea, and here's four different artworks. I would love it if you could pour into me and let me know if it's A, B, C, or D, or if two of them need to have a baby, which two that is? Let me know in the comments. And now you're getting that engagement again. And a lot of people knowing what you're doing, this has been uh, a way to get uh, people's traction really, really quickly because the overarching question here is, when you're launching, what is the make or break? What makes you successful or not? And yes, you have to have good content. But there's a lot of people with amazing content that nobody is listening to. They basically have a diary or a journal because they're the only ones that listen to it because they never did the marketing to get it out in front of people to allow it to start growing. And if you do trigger the algorithms for social media by doing these two things, and maybe you're doing paid ads if you got the money, you will trigger algorithms within like Apple Podcast, which will say in the first eight weeks of your launch, they're seeing more traction than they are with others. And they could put you uh, in top, top 10 in different categories or top 100 in different categories. Whereas people that are looking for a podcast will find you much, much easier. You'll get more listeners. Absolutely. Oh, I love how you just so eloquently described that strategy. And for everybody out there, again, that social media is hook story offer. Is that correct? Yeah, hook story offer. Amazing. Amazing. Um, and so for podcasters out there who've launched their show, what do you recommend for clients to grow their shows both in terms of short term for a launch, which we've talked about, um, but maybe to boost, like maybe they didn't do that in the beginning. They didn't know. Um, so if somebody missed that launch window, what can they do to boost? And, and what do you recommend and what have you done in the long term to avoid pod fade, you know, which is that podcast burnout that so many podcasts experience? Yeah. Uh, so we're talking about show growth and we're talking about avoiding pod fade. Um, first and foremost, if you have a big audience, it's pretty hard to pod fade. It's actually, that's why I end up selling my podcast instead of stopping my podcast because I had a fair enough audience that, um, that I didn't want to let them down. So when you have a lot of listeners, you're probably going to be motivated. But if you have no listeners, you're probably going to fail. Um, one, a couple of things that I talk to clients with about like trying to not pod fade is, A, I, I always want people that are starting a podcast to think of it as a minimum of three years. We get a lot of dabblers in podcast. We get a lot of dabblers in business. That's why so many businesses fail. 
uh, it, there's a high percentage of businesses that fail, and there's a high percentage of podcasts that end up going into pot fade. And I think that one of the ways to avoid it is to expect that you're going to be doing it for three years at least. Whereas other people are like, oh, you know what? Let me try that for two weeks. Let me see what happens for two weeks. Nothing happens in two weeks. I'm sorry. It, let me, I'll, I'll, do, I'll give it a go for a whole month. I'll, I'll give it a go for a year. All of these numbers, all of these lengths of time are so short uh, you're probably going to be like that person in the book, Three Feet from Gold, where you're digging and digging and digging and you just don't dig deep enough and you give this valuable thing to somebody else and they get it right away. Um, so if you can start your podcast expecting to go at least three years, I think that's a benefit. If you can invest money in your podcast, which not everybody can, but if you have the ability to invest money in your podcast for the growth, like Facebook ads, banner ads, um, connecting with other people with the same email list that you would, with the same avatar on their email list that you have, and just asking them to shout you out and ask them how much money would, it, would I have to pay you if all you did is shouted me out three times to your people. Uh, it's, they already trust you. That would help me out. If you do some of these things that I'm mentioning now, Facebook ads, be careful with those because any type of paid advertising, be careful with those because like not, it, it, it's not something that you just want to learn. Uh, you might actually pay somebody to do something like that. Um, but if you already know how to do Facebook ads, um, that that's a really helpful way. Uh, some things that we've done is we split test like um, carousels, which is just a, a bunch of different photos in a row and people will slide through them. We split test videos. We split test short copy, long copy, medium copy, and even no copy. One of our absolute top performing Facebook ads for somebody else's podcast, one of our clients, is an ad with a, uh, with a photo of my client and uh, a big person, somebody that's uh, well-known, and there is no copy. There's there, by copy, I mean there's no script. There's it. There's no words to say. There's anything. no text. Yeah, yeah, it's just the photo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, somehow we're we're on that ad. We're getting impressions at like five cents, which is really really low. Um, we shoot for we shoot for less than a dollar, and this one is it, performing at five cents. And we just keep putting money toward it because he's getting a ton of listeners because of that. But when, whenever you're doing like Facebook ads, you want to split test stuff. Just like I told you, Facebook is split testing you, AB testing you against the other person who's going to keep them, uh, keep the, um, the, the attention of the Facebook, other Facebook users. Um, so Absolutely. anyway, just split test it, take money away from stuff that's not working, mix and match, long copy, video, short copy with a video. Uh, it just mix and match all of the different things. And the, there's a couple of types of calls to action that happen on, on Facebook ads. It's like, go to this website, download this, um, sign up. There's different buttons that you can use. But point being, it, if people are going to be able to put some time or money into growing an audience, I don't think that they're going to pod fade. Another couple things that I think are important for pod fade or avoiding pod fade is, I mentioned this already twice, it's recording more than you produce. So for me, I record... Yeah, Batching backing. your recordings, absolutely. I, I record about four or five or six episodes every Wednesday, unless I'm out of town, 
Uh, but every Wednesday, it's it's podcast day. We're going to probably record like five episodes. But we are currently only producing two episodes. So if if I wanted to take a break right now, I have like, I, I'm at least to the end of the year, so like at least four months of content that I've got ready to go. Um, I wouldn't have, I could go on vacation. I could get sick. I could have COVID. Uh, but we've had some clients that don't, focus on this or not just clients, just a lot of podcasters that are always behind the eight ball. That means they're always stressed. That means it's, it's Sunday night. They're with their family. They're tired. It's supposed to be their day of rest and they are freaking out because they have to record and edit an episode for tomorrow morning for Monday. And the, at some point, something's got to give because they're always behind the eight ball. And so they finally just say, it's not worth it. I haven't seen the traction yet. Uh, it, this is too hard. I can't do this. And so because they didn't put the systems in place, that's another reason for pod fade. And the final last one that I will say is, and this isn't for everybody, because there are a few people that legitimately enjoy and uh, look forward to editing their podcast, producing their podcast, publishing their podcast, making the promo images, emailing their guest. It's a lot of tedious work, but some people want to do it. I would say for all the, the people that don't love doing that, that don't look forward to doing it, if you're stuck wearing all of the hats, you have to be the star of the show, but you also have to be all of the background of the show. The editor, the producer, you, the social media manager, off. the guest booker. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. Um, yeah. And just for growing the show, uh, good content, good guests, um, serve your avatar. This is the biggest one. This is in my, the first six episodes of my podcast. Uh, one of the, it's the whole course, right? The episode one is talking about the avatar. And it goes into a ton of detail that most people don't think about um, because if you don't understand who you're trying to attract and what they're going through and what kind of content and what kind of questions and what kind of guests, if you're thinking about yourself and forgetting about your avatar, you will let your avatar down every time. But if you're thinking about your avatar, your listener, and what they're going through, what they need, what questions they have, who they want to hear, uh, and et cetera, when you, told, when you truly understand that, you can approach the, the conversation in the way that you know that you're helping them. And if that happens, they're going to get value. They're going to share it with other people. They're going to uh, ask to be a, 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 one of your clients, for example. Um, so that's another big thing is if, you're, if you think you're adding value to your listener, but you don't know, you're probably not you're probably just kind of like flanneling around uh, rowing, but not rowing in the same direction. You're just mo mm. not moving. You're on a treadmill. So just think about who that is and just truly serve them. Give them everything that you can. Uh, sorry, I need to say one last thing. Something that I think is a big mistake that a lot of people make is on their podcasts, they don't tell all the secrets. And I think they, they believe that they're, they're not going to tell all the secrets because, well, what are they going to hire me for? Well, how would they even join me if they already knew everything? And I think that's a big mistake because 
on my podcast, I, I give everything. I, I, every detail, there's nothing that I hold back and I'm happy if people can use it. But what really normally happens is people, um, people share the content and it grows organically and or people say, I can't do this on my own. You obviously know it all. Why don't I work with you? You know what I mean? So that's a big mistake is people holding back. Absolutely. And I think by not gatekeeping a lot of expertise and insight that you have within specifically for you with podcast on podcasting, but for everybody else out there who's using casting for their business by not gatekeeping, you know, you're saying, Hey, you know, here's all the information. You can do it all yourself or I can help you. And sometimes, you know, people will want to do it themselves, but everybody wants help. <laughs> you know, every now and again, help is nice. Help is helpful. Um, and it helps you achieve your goals faster. So I think that's a really important aspect. And, and I love what you speak to in terms of adding value. That was going to be our next point. And you got there before I did. Well, it's been such a treat and we'll have your links here in the show notes. Thank you so much for sharing your expertise on launch strategy, adding value, selling your podcast, starting the podcast on podcasting, and just overall tips for growing your show. It's been such a pleasure. Thanks, Adam. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Podcasting Smarter. If you have any podcasting questions or want to get in touch, send us an email at podcastingsmarter at podbean.com. Thanks so much and happy podcasting.